0: G'day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about Jesus Says Goodbye from John chapter 15 and 16. And from John 16 verses 5 to 7 But now I am going back to the Father who sent me and none of you asks me where I am going. You are very sad from hearing all of this but I tell you that I am going to do what is best for you. That is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. In these last few chapters before he is crucified, Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples and his friends, and he is giving them some final teaching before he departs. Several times he has told them he is going away. John 13, verse 33, John 14, 3-4, four, John 14, 19, and 28. And today we are going to go quickly through John 15-16. to 16. And the first thing we see is that disciples must bear fruit for the kingdom. John 15, verse 1-16. to 16, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Whilst... Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. John 15, verse 1-2 As usual, Jesus uses Old Testament language and symbolism, for in the Old Testament the nation of Israel is often seen as a vine. Jeremiah 2, verse 21, and Psalm 80, for example. However, as a vine, Israel had not produced fruit that God had expected. As explained in Isaiah 5, verse 1 to 2, I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a winepress as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. With Jesus describing himself as the true vine, the implication is clear that the nation of Israel was but an imperfect precursor to his perfect self. With Jesus as the vine, all believers are the branches, and all believers draw spiritual nourishment from him, the vine. As part of this nourishment, sometimes pruning is required. John 15 verse 2. Cleansing is also required in order that fruit be born from the Christian disciple. This cleansing is through regular confession of sin and partaking of Holy Communion, as explained in the foot-washing scene of John 13. To prove to others they are his followers and his disciples, Jesus tells them they are to continue loving him and also to sacrificially love others joyfully. John 15 verse 12 to 14. By doing these things which is now their mission statement, they will bear much good fruit for God's greater glory. John 15 verse 8. And the same is true of us today if we call ourselves Christian disciples. And then secondly, disciples will suffer for the kingdom. John 15 verse 18 to 27. John 15 verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Having spoken of love and bearing fruit, Jesus now declares a warning in the context into which he is sending them. We learn from this passage that opposition to Jesus' message is unavoidable for the Christian disciple. The first opposition is that of the old nature, attacking the new nature. Christian disciples, Jesus said, were called out from the world, John 15 verse 19. Christian disciples upon conversion belong to a different place and are headed for a different place. Secondly, opposition is to be expected simply because of who Jesus is, John 15, verse 21. Christian disciples share in the life of Jesus, and the way the world treats Jesus is the way the world treats all his disciples. Thirdly, opposition comes through revealing evil. Jesus is the light of the world, exposed evil and sin through his words, John 15, verse 22, and his works, John 15, verse 24. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus commanded all those who follow him to also be lights of the world, Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. This is done by consistently ensuring that our works and words match our lifestyle and that no hypocrisy will be found. Opposition brings persecution and regularly throughout history, Christian believers have been persecuted for their faith in Jesus. In our own time, Perhaps the most persecuted century of all. Being a Christian is not an easy decision, but it is worth it. It is also endurable because of three things. God still remains Lord God despite all thrown against him. Secondly, we share in Jesus' own sufferings and therefore we have fellowship with him. Philippians 3 verse 10 And by being persecuted, it shows that we belong to him. John 15 verse 19 And the main reason all opposition can be endured is because the Christian disciple is not alone. God the Holy Spirit witnesses with the Christian disciple, John 15 verse 26, not as a supplementary person filling a perfunctory role, but rather as the pioneer going out to testify about Jesus ahead of the Christian disciple, John 15, 26 to 27. And then disciples will have resources in the kingdom, John 16. And the first resource that Christian disciples have is, as we have already seen, the Holy Spirit. After all, he is the real evangelist. In conjunction with him, the Christian disciple has three resources to use. Proclamation, counseling, and discipling. Proclamation, John 16, verse 1-7. to 7. This is the proclaiming and elucidating work about Jesus that the Spirit performs. The Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus' death on the cross and subsequent resurrection. John 16 verse 14 If Jesus did not go back to glory and the Holy Spirit was not sent, then the pioneering work of the Holy Spirit in evangelism would be missing. And not only does the Holy Spirit direct people to Jesus, but he takes them to him. Then there's counselling, John 16, verse 8 to 11. As well as proclaiming about Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks to people's hearts personally, one to one. He convinces people, hearing of God's word of three things, their own sin, John 16, verse 8, their separation from a righteous God, John 16, verse 10, and then finally in regards to the judgment of Satan and all those who follow him, John 16, verse 11. In these three things, a person is led to the cross in order to confess their sin and need of Jesus Christ and the salvation only he can provide. And then thirdly, discipling, John 16, verse 12 to 16. Once brought to faith, the Holy Spirit still performs several tasks for the twelve disciples. He will guide them into all truth and develop what is coming in the future. John 16, verse 13. The New Testament is the product of this work, and that's through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For all scripture is God-breathed, writes Paul. For the Christian disciple today, the Holy Spirit also helps them. He helps them to apply the Bible to their life in order that Jesus Christ be glorified. John 16 verse 14 And the second resource available to the Christian disciple is Jesus himself. John 16, verse 16 to 33. And we have his presence. The twelve disciples will experience sorrow and loss when Jesus is crucified and dead. But after the resurrection, when Jesus rises from the dead, their sorrow will turn to great joy, similar to the exceedingly great joy after the pains of childbirth. And Christian disciples today also have Jesus' presence with them particularly when engaged in doing the work of an evangelist. And we have his provision through answered prayer. Joy abounds, John 16, verse 24. Prayer is going to be of vital and prime importance for the twelve disciples, as it is a way to ensure unabated joy, just as prayer is of prime importance for us today. Then thirdly, Jesus' position Jesus has overcome the world, John 16, verse 33, and nothing can prevail against him. For more to think about, please do reread John 15 and John 16 and ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. As a Christian disciple, what fruit am I producing? Question two, why do I suffer and endure persecution for being a Christian disciple? Question three, how does knowing that the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus before me, help me in my evangelism? Question four, when was the last time I showed exceeding joy? for the reasons Jesus gives in John chapter 16. As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partakes at googlemail.com. Thank you.